This is Under the Dome. On today's episode, we're taking a look at what's happening in North Carolina politics for the week of September 26, 2022. For the News and Observer and the NC Insider, I'm Don Vaughn, your host for Under the Dome for Monday, September 26, 2022. I'm here today with my colleague, Lars Dolder. We recently held our second NNO and Insider event, Politics at the Pub, where readers can talk with lawmakers and reporters about what's going on in North Carolina politics in person. We held it recently at the Raleigh Times on our first one as well. If you couldn't make it out this time, we'll share a clip of the conversation now and another one later. And it was a conversation that Lars moderated between Republican Representative Jason Sane of Lincolnton and Democratic House Leader Robert Reeves of Chatham County. So here's just a snippet of that conversation. You'll be hearing Representative Reeves talking about former President Ronald Reagan with a few quips added from Representative Sane. So here's here's a little clip from that. Imagine if Ronald Reagan was a 45-year-old Ronald Reagan now trying to run. He'd be eviscerated. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? I mean, then a Hollywood guy, too? Oh, my gosh. He ran a union. Yeah, oh, my man. Smoking a cigarette. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that, that's the whole thing. That I really do hope one day that we'll back this down. All right, and we'll let you hear a little bit more later in the show. So to use the phrase top of mind, as Sane says a lot, is the status of Medicaid expansion, as well as taxes on student loan forgiveness. Let's start talking about Medicaid expansion first, because it's the 2022 perennial issue, stalemate, quagmire, standoff, trench warfare, so many so many different synonyms to explain what's going on at the legislature and, and, and the lack of movement. So, Lars, you uh, you heard uh, Berger and uh, Senate Leader Berger and and Governor Cooper were at a hospital event this past week, where Medicaid expansion uh, came up at least in the questions and and more questions for them later. Where where are we? What's going on? Um, I liked your colorful introduction. Those those synonyms are appropriate. It seems like we're up and down with Medicaid expansion. As soon as we think that legislators have reached an accord, uh, some hiccup arrives that that brings them back to the to the starting ground. For example, we thought briefly after the North Carolina Healthcare Association released a compromise, uh, they are a powerful interest group that has uh, resisted certificate of need reform. That's a law that's kind of obscure. If, if you listeners aren't familiar with it, it's okay. Uh, you can look up our explainer from the News and Observer, but the gist of it, why it's important, is that certificate of need reform is the hang-up that has prevented the House and the Senate in North Carolina from agreeing on a Medicaid expansion bill. The House is in concert with the North Carolina Healthcare Association. They don't want to change the law as it is now. The Senate, on the other hand, would like to see change. And so what we've seen is that the NCHA had proposed a uh, Compromise. We thought that that might have moved negotiations forward, but you asked about what Berger and Cooper said, and the short of it was, and this is actually a quote from Berger, it's not even close. <laughs> he's not happy whatsoever with uh, the supposed compromise from the NCHA. He's not been clear with us what he actually would like to see in the bill. He keeps directing us to earlier versions, but hasn't said what their recent negotiations have covered. The short of it, all we know so far is he's not happy nor content with what the opposition is saying. And so until something changes and one side offers a compromise, 
who will stay at a standstill. I think, um, you know, lawmakers like a good quagmire. And and this is what the one is uh, now. I remember, I guess, a little over a week ago when that hospital letter came out and one of our press corps colleagues said, oh, is this, you know, the big Friday news dump? And no, maybe, you know, I'm like, is are things imminent? That was the headline on uh, the story I heard that day. No, things aren't imminent. Uh, I don't know if they ever are really. Maybe that was more wishful thinking of, of there actually was some movement, uh, but that, that doesn't appear to be the case. So it doesn't seem like Berger is quite you know, maybe he wants them a lot more, certainly, than what the hospitals are willing to do. And and one thing that he noted in when reporters talked to him for the brief non-voting session um, th- this past week at the legislature, and uh, his response was that he thought it, you know, was more public relations, like putting the letter out as a press release. Of course, Republicans and Democrats do that pretty regularly with them. You know, those of you that remember the quagmire of 2019, I guess, with the budget, there was, it was very old fashioned letters that they would send back and forth between the Republican Senate leadership and the governor's office when the phrase then was as far as how the Republicans explained it was that the governor had a Medicaid or nothing ultimatum. Um, over the budget, but um, anyway, so that drug out forever, and it looks like things aren't aren't changing. Yeah. Now, while we're while we're talking about Berger, as politicians have gone in the last week, I think he's made more news than most because you mentioned earlier student loan forgiveness, which has been a big conversation on the national level, and we've seen recently where the conversations reached North Carolina with some of the jurisdiction under the state government. With respect to loan forgiveness, uh, whether or not they can still impose taxes on the money that's forgiven. I, you talked with Berger about that. Can you fill us in on what we might see over the next few months? Are they leaning toward tax forgiveness as well? It's funny. I was thinking about work. You know, we're always working on multiple stories at a time, and we only had just a few minutes with with Senator Berger before that session. You know, not even fifteen minutes. I think with reporters taking questions, and I remember wanting to ask that, and I didn't. It was somebody else, like our uh, our press corps colleague Colin Campbell, asked the question about the taxes, and I thought, great, I wanted to write about that too. So uh, to give you some context, you know, the the President Biden. Uh, the administration uh, plan for student loan forgiveness, which of course is a democratic idea. So Republicans aren't going to like it no matter what generally. And so what came out from the State Department of of Revenue is that, yes, the student loan forgiveness means you don't have to pay federal taxes, but you still have to pay state taxes unless the General Assembly does something. So I wrote about that when that first came out of, is the General Assembly going to do anything? And kind of heard that, no, this probably isn't going to happen. And then Berger, you know, basically just shut it down, swatted swatted it down hard uh, this past week if the legislature was going to do anything to uh, mean that you don't have to pay your state taxes on, on loan forgiveness. And he said no. And he also took issue with uh, the uh, comparison that Democrats have made, others have made about the PPP loan forgiveness and saying, you know, that's just different circumstances. And not only did he say, no, the state definitely is not going to, you know, give you a break on your on your state taxes, that he didn't even think Biden had the authority to to do it in the first place with the forgiveness. So that's definitely not going to change. I've heard from a lot of people saying, you know, is don't you think they'll do something? I'm like, you know, these burgers, the Senate leader and the majority party, 
in one chamber, not both, but you know, pretty significantly powerful. You need you need both chambers to pass anything, and and it's uh, it's not going to happen. So taxes are certain, you know, as death as as we all know, and uh, that's the the you know it's that's just what it is. That's it that's rings true in do. North Carolina. Right. Right. All right. Well, we're going to take a, a quick break and when we come back, uh, we'll share another clip from the politics at the pub event. Not too much. The one we had uh, earlier in the season, we turned into a podcast. so You heard all of it, but uh, we'll just give you a little bit. And, you know, you should probably come to the next one if you want to hear full conversation. So we'll be back with that and headliner of the week. You're listening to Under the Dome. I'm News and Observer politics reporter Don Vaughn here with Lars Dolder. We're going to play another segment from our Politics of, at the Pub event with Representative Sane, who's the Lincoln County Republican. He is head, uh, well, he's, he's one of the head chairs of appropriations, which means they control the money and the budget in the House, and Representative Rees, who's the Democratic uh, House, the minority party leader, and he's from Chatham County. And this election season, they have pretty different setup. Uh, Sane is in a incredibly safe red district, and he's running unopposed. So he, you know, he's already been reelected. You know, and Reeves has a much more competitive district. It's uh, changed a little bit since redistricting. He was. Um, not initially part when he first got into the General Assembly, part of the Durham delegation, then he was the Durham delegation, and now he's he's back out from that again because I feel like every podcast always has some Durham mention. So anyway, uh, so Rees is uh, understandably a little more stressed out about the election than Sane, who's, you know, just coasting to, to another term. So a lot of the conversation, we did talk about Medicaid expansion. We talked about just uh, moving into... Uh, the middle ground, if there is any, in contentious politics. When I say we, I just mean Sane and Reeves and, and Lars as moderator, but we as the uh, politics at the pub host. So anyway, here's a clip where, if you heard at the beginning, where they're talking about Reagan and laughing about it. And here's a clip, uh, a little more about that uh, from from Sane and the, the context of Reagan. So you can you can hear that now. And obviously the audio isn't going to be as, as perfect as this. It was uh, from my phone sitting on a table as they're talking. And you can hear the, the good times in the background of everybody, um, you know, that sort of low hum of, of chatter and and uh, you know, drinking and eating pretty much. So here here's that clip. Uh, I match my party. I mean, I am a Republican because of Ronald Reagan. Um, but they, you know, it doesn't count me out of working on the issues, just like Robert and I have talked about. And so I think you, I think you see that to say that there's any definitive one way or the other. I, I really, you know, people can can move and, and shift in primaries and they'll do whatever they're going to do. So um, I, I think it's just a, a larger symptom of, of folks not caring so much about party label as they care about what people are doing when they're in office. All right, so make sure you come back for the next Politics at the Pub event. If you read the the Insider, uh, those of you that are subscribers, it always opens up to you first. So make sure you you read that and uh, everything else that Lars puts together in the Insider since he's the editor of that. So headliner of the week. Uh, I'll start off with this one. It was really funny. Uh, the, the Outer Banks voice had a story about the Nags Head Pizza Company and local government always just brings out, you know, all, all sorts of commenters. And, and this one was maybe someone we've heard heard of before, um, you know, U.S. Senator Richard Burr, who 
who had to chime in too because he's a nearby nearby property owner. So if, if you go to Nags Head very often or if you're familiar with that stretch of the road on South Virginia Dare Trail, there's a bunch of, you know, beach houses and it's not, um, there's maybe some year round people on that street, probably not, and a variety of businesses and it's pretty crowded and, and uh, there is a, a building that had been there and zoning, you know, followed and everything was fine for a pizza place. And if you look at the Google Maps image of it, or if you've driven down there, it's, you know, just a pizza place with some seating outside and a, and a parking lot. But people in the houses nearby are worried that they have to look from their porch and watch people eating pizza. And, you know, they can't have that. And what if they, there's one quote in the story about, oh, it's just human nature. Maybe they're going to come swim in my pool. And uh, one of the Twitter commenters uh, said, oh, no, what if I end up in the pool when I go eat pizza? It is just really funny um, about, uh, you know, anyway, you can read the Outer Banks uh, to paper to see or their website uh, to find out more about that. So the headliner is Nags Head Pizza, where I can't wait to go eat when I'm a, I go to Nags Head for a week uh, every summer. And I, I can't wait to go eat there and eat my pizza outside. And uh, I'll try not to bother the neighbors when I do it. So Nags Head Pizza is my, is my headliner. All right, Lars, what's uh, what's your headliner this week? Mine's not as fun as a pizza place, but it's still fun to me. I'm going with golf. Uh, specifically, it's intersection with politics. Uh, I love golf. If you readers didn't know that, now you do. If anyone wants to give me a scoop on the golf course, um, that would be dandy. Uh, North Carolina has a strong golf pedigree. I think everyone knows that. We have the men's and women's U.S. Opens. They're both regularly held at Pinehurst. The Wells Fargo Championship on the PGA Tour is held in Charlotte. But last week, we started the President's Cup, which pits a team of American golfers against some international competitors. So that was an exciting win for Charlotte. Uh, it's at the uh, Quail Hollow, which is a, a, the same course where the uh, Wells Fargo Championship is held. And besides adding millions in local economic impact, the, the tournament has also attracted some prominent political figures. So Governor Cooper was there. He spoke at length about what it did for North Carolina and golf heritage here in the state. He was there uh, at early on in the tournament. Former Presidents George Bush and Bill Clinton were also planning to go as of uh, the recording of this podcast. And now we haven't seen the conclusion of the tournament now when we're recording, but it will have finished by the time you hear us. And there was rumor that President Biden was going to make a cameo on Sunday. So by the time you're hearing this, we'll see if that panned out. That would be interesting. It makes sense. It's called the President's Cup after all, even though it's not like sponsored by the president. But, you know, he can he can claim some kind of connection. So there's my headliner, golf. I love it. Uh, I watch it on TV. <laughs> as boring as that you is. You watch golf on television? <laughs> I, I happily watch golf on television. And I'm very engaged when I do. Yeah, I've, I've never played golf. I've played miniature golf and I've driven a golf cart. Um, and that's really fun, actually, driving go. a golf cart. So um, there's something for everybody on the golf course. So I lived in, a, in a, well, my dad was stationed at Fort Gordon. I lived in, in Augusta when I was a kid. And the spring break every year was not around any sort of uh, religious holidays or any other calendar reasons, except for whenever the master's was. And that was spring break for the public schools there, because you might as well be out of school. I don't know, because of the traffic or because, 
you know, your parents are all going and having some pimento cheese sandwiches or whatever. So <laughs> <laughs> I have a master's polo that I wear often on the golf course and it gets me lots of uh, street cred, the, the street cred equivalent for golfers. I don't know what you would call it. But that. not the green jacket, though. I, I don't have the green thing. jacket and I didn't get my polo at the master's. So in, invariably, people are very impressed and then they ask which master's I attended. And I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, got, I think I got this at a pod shop. <laughs> And then I lose all respect. I think my mom volunteered there one one time and got a like master's glass or something yeah. like a pint glass or something. <laughs> if any of you have master's jackets or been at the master's, uh, you know, tweet at us. Let us know. Yeah, I would um, love to see that. Uh, well, as always, thank you for listening to our politics podcast. I'm Don Vaughn with Lars Dolder. We'll talk to you next time. For more from our politics team, subscribe to the News and Observer at newsobserver.com slash subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Under the Dome and NC Insider and sign up for our weekly political newsletter, also called Under the Dome, at newsobserver.com slash newsletters. Thanks for listening.